Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Welcome to the Tango Alpha Lima Experience. My name is Jeff Daly of the Michigan Dailies, and I'm here with Ashley Marie Gorbulja Maldonado. How'd I do with that name? I love it. I love the little accent. So nice. Yeah, it's my Michigan native accent. Oh, is is it now? Oh, okay. So suave. (laughs) Oh. All right. So now we have a really special episode today with Andrew Carroll. Andrew Carroll is a playwright, historian, New York Times bestselling author. Some of his books are Letters of a Nation, Behind the Lines, and War Letters. His book, Operation Homecoming, inspired the Emmy-winning documentary of the same name. He is the founding director of the Center for American War Letters at Chapman University, the creator of the entirely virtual Museum of America War Letters, and the co-host with the Emmy-winning journalist Barbara Harrison of the Behind the Lines podcast. Somehow doing all that, he still finds a way to speak at many Legion posts around the country about his efforts to save American war letters. Hey, he's here to speak to the entire American Legion and veteran community here on the Tango Alpha Lima podcast. There's nothing better than seeing a child's face light up at Christmas. This year, the American Legion is joining forces with the Marine Corps Reserve Toys for Tots program to make sure that winter supply shortages and price increases don't prevent happy smiles this holiday season. We're concentrating our efforts on areas where there are service gaps that the American Legion can fill. To find out how you can help, visit toysfortots.org slash campaigns. All right, as promised, we have Andrew Carroll here. He's looking fabulous in his perfect lighting there that we discussed off camera a little bit. And I believe our first question is to Miss Ashley. All right. So, Andrew, you have an impressive resume. So I I know we've kind of let the viewers know a little bit about you, but I want to talk a little bit more about your position at the Center of American War Letters at uh, Chapman University and how you've created an entire virtual museum of American War Letters. So I I want to know more. Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate this opportunity. And, you know, the irony of this whole project of my seeking out war letters from every conflict in U.S. history is I don't have any military connections. And I actually grew up hating history. Uh, It wasn't until our family's house burned down. It was right, it's it's interesting, it was right about this time. It was right before Christmas. I was a sophomore in college uh, up in New York. Family was in DC, dad called to say, you know, the house is gone. Fortunately, nobody was hurt, but everything was wiped out. And not long after a distant cousin of mine who actually was military, he had served in World War II. Um, he called just to see how we were doing. And I said, Jim, you know, the, the important thing is that nobody was hurt, but we've lost everything. And now this is back, you know, in 1989, where, you know, you didn't have the cloud, you didn't have things like that. So all of our letters, all of our photos, just literally up in smoke. And Jim said, it's really interesting you mentioned that because I just came across a letter I wrote in World War II. Uh, I was 23 years old and it's dated April 21st, 1945. And he said, I completely forgot about it and I'll send it to you. So I get in the mail this original letter. Obviously, we have it you know, in uh, preservation material right now. And very first line, 
Dear Betty Ann, I saw something today that makes me realize why we're over here fighting this war. Jim then went into explicit detail of walking through the Nazi concentration camp at Buchenwald and just the horrors that he saw. And I'll never forget after I read this letter and was just like, I mean, I was almost trembling reading his words. And I said, Jim, of course, I'll send this back to you. And he said, you know, just keep it. I probably would have thrown it out. And that was the spark. Like, that's what kind of got me interested in this thinking like, wait, we can't lose, even though like I wasn't a history person, I'm like, this is like humanizing history. And so long story short, just through word of mouth, I got more and more letters. And then in 1998, Dear Abby did a column on this and it appeared in newspapers across the country. She put a little PO box and I was just like, inundated with war letters. And that's when this project became real. And so it's been a passion for the past, we're up to like 25 years now uh, of doing this. And, and it's, it, I'm glad you mentioned the virtual museum. We're also doing a podcast. Like, you know, people say you must be tired of this at some point, like, you know, just reading war letters all day with the museum, with the podcast, we're reaching a younger generation. Um, and every single like week, something new, something extraordinary comes in that I've never seen before. And it's like, that's what drives this. And also kind of, kind of urgency that we're losing so many letters. Like, you know, we'll get a local story in a newspaper and someone will say, I wish I'd known about you guys a month earlier. We just read all my grandfather's letters from World War II or my grandmother, she was a war nurse. And it's like, oh, the, the history that would, you know, that, that's being lost every day. So that's why we encourage people, even if you don't have war letters, just help us spread the word. Let people know there's a place that are gonna archive, preserve and share these letters with the world, you know, forever. That is, a wow. It, it makes me think about like my like i wouldn't describe it so i have grandparents they're not military but i think about the things that when they passed we got rid of right and i think about the history and i think about the context in which you're discussing right these letters are an insight into a perspective that it is is ultimately lost so i i love this concept i, I love the project i love what you're doing with this entire center for american you know war letters at the university and the podcast sounds, you know, just fascinating too. Is is that just an extension of the, the storytelling of each individual letter or, um, you know, groups of folks or how is that kind of? Yeah, so here's how it came out. about. It was really fortuitous. There's a woman named Celia Strauss who I've been working with. She was doing those massive uh, Memorial Day tributes on the mall for PBS and so forth. So she would ask me for war letters to have actors read. So we kind of developed a friendship. Then her uh, friend, Barbara Harrison, who's like this, I mean, she's like media royalty in Washington. Barbara, uh, she's won 19 Emmys. And she was really known for this thing called Wednesday's Child, where she promoted foster care and adoption. I happen to be adopted. So I grew up kind of watching Barbara on TV, like idolizing her. And so when Celia said, do you want to do a podcast with Barbara Harrison? I'm like, oh my God, that would be amazing. And so, and she wanted to do something on war letters. So what we did is we've done six episodes so far. I, I just highly encourage everyone out there, please at least listen to the inaugural episode. So just episode number one, it's called Behind the Lines, a uh, very easy website to remember, behindthelines.us. And you can, all the episodes are free, but it's really great because what we, we'd already pre-recorded celebrities, uh, Kurt Vonnegut reading war letters. So we were able to kind of weave those readings into Barbara and I talking about the stories behind the letters. So that's kind of why we call it behind the lines. And just taking Vonnegut as an example, I was working on one of my anthologies and I had just been to Dresden and I came back and was giving a speech to a local uh, 
you know, historical society. And I was talking about Vonnegut and reading Slaughterhouse Five. And I said, I really wish he had saved his war letters because, you know, what a great insight. And one guy in the audience said, I used to work at a Minneapolis archive. Kurt Vonnegut has a letter there that's never been published that he wrote right after Dresden. And so obviously this is back when Vonnegut was alive. Um, I called the archive, like, yeah, we've had this letter. Nobody knows about it. And uh, I was able to get in touch with Vonnegut. And he was like, yeah, publish it. For and so we published it for the first time in, in a book of war letters. And so we actually got him reading that letter when he was like 21 years old, you know, in a Red Cross repatriation center uh, after surviving the Battle of the Bulge in Dresden. So you get to hear Vonnegut. And then, you know, Barbara and I talk about the story behind the scenes. I am so excited to listen to the first episode. I am a huge history buff. I love military history. So this episode is like everything for me right now. So I am very excited to tune into the inaugural episode. And I'll, I'll throw it over to Jeff with that being said. Well, I will just say that uh, I'm more like you were as a kid. Uh, I'm not super into history. <laughs> uh, I wish Stevie was here. But this sounds, this actually sounds fascinating, especially because it's in... Uh, a format for Marines in a podcast format that doesn't involve a lot of reading. So I will, <laughs> I will make sure to, uh, to get on that. I will, I will listen to that today. That's going to say it out loud. So if anybody sees me, make sure to ask me about it. And I guarantee that we will promote it. But right now we have to promote somebody else. So we are going to go to commercial break. Looking for a year in tax break? Want to get rid of an old car without any hassles? The American Legion Vehicle Donation Program is your solution. Visit legion.careasy.org today or call 844-4-LEGION. That's 844-453-4466. All you need to do is sign up and we take care of the rest, right down to the receipt for your tax break. All right, we are back with Andrew Carroll, who's doing some pretty awesome and amazing things. And before we get into your show and tell, I'm wondering, in the, in today, are you getting more digital things? Are you getting emails that are forwarded to you? I'm so glad you mentioned that. That is probably our biggest priority right now is to get emails. And we've actually started something called Operation Post-War, where we're focusing on the 21st century veterans. So the younger veterans, the ones who are, you know, GWAT, Global War on Terrorism, uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, and other places around the world. And we're especially trying to, we're working with the 10th Mountain Division and 82nd Airborne and the Marines, um, because we want to get emails by troops who are at Kabul in the final days of Afghanistan and make sure that their sacrifice, their service during this. I've actually been to Kabul. I've been to Bagram. And so I have been a real affinity for the, for the country and for what was going on. And so I'm really glad you emphasize that because a lot of people think, oh, I guess he doesn't want emails. They just want letters. No, we want emails. Some of the best correspondence we've received are emails and they're just as powerful and historic as anything written before so especially to the younger listeners out there even if you didn't write something but you were there write to me say dear andy i heard you talk about you know you know war letters and people in afghanistan here's what i saw here's what i experienced or spread the word to like if you have a cousin who was over there so that's a huge or posting on facebook or social media about and so we have a very easy website to remember warletters.us warletters.us. So all the information about the virtual museum, the podcast, our whole project is on that website, warletters.us. But absolutely now, we can't do a lot with Facebook and Skype and stuff like that. Uh, but but again, emails are very much a part of our collection. Well, awesome. So uh, the, I, 
I know you have some show and tell that you want to do with us. I think that that's all handwritten letters, correct? No, actually, some are typed, but I'll do this very quickly. Okay. And I'll make sure for the people just listening on the audio, not the visual, they'll get a sense of what I'm showing. So in your honor, I'm going to start off with a Marine letter. Uh, so this is a Marine from World War II. And um, he writes in the first line to his wife, uh, there are so many things I'm worried about, mostly you and Aunt Ruth. Pretty standard, you know, how's the family? But what's great is the son who gave us his dad's letters also gave us the code sheet, which I'm showing up right now. And so what he writes in the code sheet is, when I start a letter, my beloved, as he does this one, look for the code name of an aunt or uncle, and that's where I am. So you look down this uh, list, and you'll see like there's Aunt Mary, Aunt Ruth. Ruth means he's still on the Hawaiian Islands. But what's interesting is he had some idea where the Marines were headed. So he had Aunt Pearl, means Iwo Jima. Uh, and then the very final entry is Uncle Jack, Japan. So that was his coded way of letting his wife know where he was. Um, again, this is visual, but I'll explain it. This is a letter written. It starts, Dear Sis. It's 9.05 a.m. Sunday morning. We've been bombed for over an hour. Our anti-aircraft guns are yammering, and every so often a bomb strikes so close as to rock this ship. You look at the upper right-hand corner of this letter, December 7th, 1941, Pearl Harbor. This young sailor was inside a ship at Pearl Harbor as the attack began. He was trapped in the forward engine room, so he just started writing, you know, like a stream of conscience of what it was like. Now, thank God he survived, which is why we have this in the letter. Um, this is a letter from World War One, and it's actually it's the content, not the uh, handwriting. It's a guy recuperating. He's American recuperating in a hospital. And he talks about how his new friend came in with 247 wounds from the mortar shell and machine guns. They carved a couple pounds of metal out of his legs and lower portions. But what's in, so that's like pretty intense. But then when we find out the name of this young friend, he's a Red Cross lieutenant named Hemingway. This is one of the first references to Ernest Hemingway ever recorded, except for Hemingway's own letters. So this is 10 years before he's famous. He's a, he's a nobody. He's just you know a young guy who's an ambulance driver. So um, and then just finally, we obviously want to you know represent women who have served so much for this country. And um, I was able to get an original letter by one of my heroes, uh, which is Clara Barton, and she um, uh, she actually wrote this after the war. And uh, I've got two copies of hers, but let me just find uh, the one that I'm uh, most interested in. Uh, so what's great is that we have not just her signature, uh, and it's a typewritten letter, but her handwritten edits throughout this about her war experience. And so anyway, it's just between famous people and not so famous people, and we usually focus on those who really haven't gotten their due. It's just incredible what people are sharing with us. Wow, that is, again, it's every, every, every page we turn and this story it just keeps getting better and better uh, and I'm, with that I'm gonna I'm gonna sit in awe and let Ashley ask you the next question I've as you were describing that Andrew it it gave me chills uh, I, I thought like as soon as you said I was like man that that letter if it's Pearl Harbor I'm, and then you said it and then here I am I'm like wow that is so powerful and I believe that what you're doing is in the best interest of you know Americans past and present understanding the subsequent wars and why these and how I don't want to describe it how different Americans are you know perceiving you know their interactions with the service and family and our American values and I find a lot of contrast with that and the you know four pillars of the American Legion to the values that we hold dear from our posts so 
you, you know, you're an Emmy award winning, you know, you've got, hold on, excuse me. Um, you have the book Operation Homecoming inspired by the Emmy winning Emmy winning documentary of the same name. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? Yeah, and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, this younger generation. That was a project done by the NEA. Now, I can't take credit for that. They came up with it. Uh, but what, what they did is in, in the middle of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, they sent out this massive call to U.S. troops and their families saying, we want to read your letters, your emails, but also your poems, your short stories, et cetera. So they asked me to come in and edit the anthology. And my God, what, you know, your generation, you know, again, I call it 21st century warriors, 2001, you know, after the September 11th attacks, what you all have written is as powerful, as compelling, as poignant as, as anything written before. And in fact, what everybody said about the book is like, this is the next generation of Hemingways and Vonnegut's and so forth. They're here. And it was such a, a joy to work on that book because it really reflected. And, and you touched on two other things that are really important. One is the whole point of this project and Operation Homecoming and, and so forth is to humanize the troops. I'm a civilian. I've always been a civilian. I never understood war. And, you know, to me, troops are like statistics, like, you know, 69,000 went off to fight in this battle and so forth. Every single one of these letters humanizes these men and women, and they help people like me better understand the sacrifices that you all make. And they extend beyond the battlefield. It's, we see the love letters where people are torn apart by war. We see the parents writing to their children, knowing that they might not come home alive. You know, and that's the whole point of this effort is to make these men and women real, to make these veterans. And also the post-war letters of coping with PTS. Um, I actually call it PTS, not PTSD, because I feel like if you've seen horrific things, if you aren't affected by it, that would be the real disorder. So, you know, we have really, I mean, I'll be honest, we have some uncensored, really horrific letters of people describing things they've seen. I'm not going to repeat them out loud because they're very graphic, but that's part of the war experience. And we feel like these letters capture these in such a, a lasting and compelling way. Well, that's fantastic, Andrew. Well, I appreciate you, you being on with us. Uh, Jeff, did, did you have any follow-up or input? Yeah, I wanted, I want to, uh, I want to kind of hear about the about the foundation or not foundation. It's uh, what you're doing at Chapman yeah. and uh, and how they're assisting in this. And then I kind of want to talk about if, nope, I'm gonna let you answer that first. I'm not gonna pile. I usually, I sometimes question stack and that's, that's right. not always, it's not always ideal. So if you could just tell us a little bit about what's going on at Chapman University in California, Orange County. Yep. So very long story short, I've been doing this project for about 15 years, collected about 100,000 war letters. I needed a home for them. I literally had to rent out a separate apartment build, a separate room uh, in my apartment building just for the letters. So um, a theater professor approached me about doing a play. His name is John Bennett. So we're actually working on a film now based on the whole project. I just fell in love with Chapman and I felt like this is going to be the proper home for these letters. And they're like, look, we want to build this. We want to keep it going. The thing I missed the most over the past year and a half was all the public events I used to do, which included visiting many American Legion posts and halls across the country. And so I'm hoping then when things open up again, we can do those things because there's nothing like that personal, you know, connection to you know talk to an audience and talk with the veterans afterwards and and they you know sometimes bring letters sometimes say, i'm going to send you my letters so for all the people out there who either plan events or so forth you know i love coming and talking about this project and i bring the letters i know for those who are listening they can't see them but again here's one more example this is a letter with a bullet hole through it this is it from world war ii a guy who was shot through the back thank god he survived but again you can see the burn marks and the hole right through the middle of that letter 
literally when I give talks at the Pentagon or to like high school students, people gasp when they see this letter because they realize the life and death circumstances these troops are enduring. Well, that, that's that. I mean, again, that's super powerful. And it has me thinking about the, the reach to get it out there. And uh, FYI, when you make this film, I know a beautiful American Legion post that would love to premiere it and uh, in, in Hollywood here. So uh, before that happens, because it just has me thinking that I think a lot of a lot of veterans would really benefit by seeing this and we can't reach them all to get to your website. I'm wondering if so this virtual tour you have, I, I did see that and I saw the, the awesome story about there was a magazine cover with a soldier and nobody knew who no, he was Marine. for years. Oh, Marine. Okay. And, and, and just really quickly, that's very yeah. significant. He was, he was on the cover of Life magazine during Vietnam. He was killed months after and his name was never revealed. Life never put his name in that article or the following ones. His brother heard about our project, sent us his last letters home and said, you can release my brother's name to the public. So when we opened that museum last March, uh, the New York Times did a story on it. And we named Arthur Bustamante, the Marine who sadly died, and he had never been recognized before. So that's the significance of that big mag. It's not just to have a Life magazine photo. It's all about him and being recognized. Oh, at first I thought that uh, it was unknown. I didn't know that Life just didn't release it. I thought that they, they didn't know the name, but thank you for that clarification. Yeah. Uh, so with that virtual tour- Museum. Is that- yeah. Museum, sorry. My, I got my thing out of order because I was going to ask. I was going to ask. Oh, I was going to ask: Is there a guided tour version that could be played? You know, kind like like a video. Yeah, Uh, and and the way we created the virtual museum, and this is even we thought about this pre-pandemic. Now everyone's doing everything virtual, but it's there is no existing museum that we filmed and photographed and put online. Everything was created by Treasure Digitally, the company we work with. But it's it's kind of like a gaming three D experience. Like you walk through the wing as if you were there. And it's a really moving experience. And what, what a lot of people said is, you know, when you go to a real museum, you always feel kind of pressured. People are behind you or people are in front of you. And it's like, you know, but in this, you go through alone at your own pace. And it really, I think it makes it a more intimate experience. Oh, very cool. Because I was just thinking of sharing it. Like, I don't know if you have a trailer or, or something that I could put in a, you know, just put in social media uh, so that people can kind of get a feel of what you're doing. We, we are working on that right now. Um, okay. But anybody can go to the museum. Again, it's on the warletters.us website. There's a link to it. And go through the, the Vietnam exhibit right now. Well, that's great. And I, I'm going to speak for Ashley now and just say that we, uh, we were super happy to have you on here. I've already learned a lot and I'm looking forward to learning more. And uh, with that, I've, I've got a, I got a, fire up my computer to go from one podcast to the next. Uh-oh. Uh, it sounds like you have to go as well. So let's hurry up. <laughs> let's hurry up and just get out of here. Thanks again so much. Uh, it, just real quick on our way out, tell us where we can find you and uh, the names of your books so we can all read them. Well, I appreciate that. So War Letters is the main book. That was the first one, Behind the Lines, and then also Operation Homecoming. There are a few more, but I don't want to overwhelm people. A lot of this is on our website, warletters.us. The podcast, Behind the Lines, is also uh, linked to the website. And again, you know, to people out there, 
you may have a letter that ends up in the museum that ends up on a podcast, you know, or that we can preserve. Even if you don't have the original, that's okay. Scans, photocopies, we can use. And again, emails. So for all those listening, if you don't have letters because they were thrown away or whatever, just please help us spread the word, you know, through Facebook, through social media, saying there is this organization, the Center for American War Letters, their sole mission is to honor, remember our troops and their families, we include the home front, through their correspondences. Yep. So there you go, everybody. If you can participate in a couple of ways, you can either send letters in or you can go and consume the letters in various formats. Uh, one of the books, the virtual museum or an upcoming film. So you were discharged with a 20% disability rating, but now you can't hear so well and need help. Contact an American Legion service officer. Service officers are free of charge and they help all veterans. Find one near you with our online tool at legion.org forward slash service officers. Wow. Uh, Andrew has filled us with history and the technology that we can use to put it all together in compelling modern uh, formats. And I'm utterly impressed with how that whole operation came together. Uh, what were your takeaways, Ashley? So I thought Andrew was incredibly impressive. You know, not only is he a historian, he's a New York Times bestselling author, he's a playwright, he's partnered up with Barbara Harrison. She's like royalty out here in DC. I don't know if y'all knew that, but super duper impressive. Uh, as a history buff, I, I find there's a lot of common threads and I'm very excited to listen to the Behind the Lines podcast and their inaugural uh, podcast. So we'll have some more information obviously in our show notes, but even more so as the holidays are approaching, I find it incredibly important for us to have conversations with the service men and women in our lives. And this is a great opportunity to discover a little bit about uh, their personal history, your family history, and preserving that history with, you know, Andrew's organization. I, I think it's fantastic. The Center for American War Letters at, at Chapman University, which is in Orange County, California. 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 Yeah. So <laughs> there, it, it's not a show unless I hit a note, people. So overall takeaway, have some conversations, you know, this Christmas, your holiday, you know, season in and figure out like if there's something that can be preserved and be contributed to Andrew's project. And who knows, it could be on their podcast. It could be displayed at the Virtual Museum of American War Letters. Who knows? I think it's an incredibly great opportunity for American Legion members and our American Legion family all over the country. And with that, I'm gonna say, remember to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, review and rate us, preferably five stars. If you want to send us feedback, you can comment on YouTube or Facebook, or you can send us email directly to tangoelfalima at legion.org. Ashley, do you do have a, a final thought that you'd like to share, right? I always have a final thought, especially when I'm with you, Jeff. But in this particular instance, for anyone who's out there who's really into the Tango Alpha Lima podcast and you know you want to be more active part of the show, you can nominate guests or tell us why you would make a great guest host to the 
Tango Alpha Lima podcast. So how you do that, you can go to our website, which is legion.org backslash Tango Alpha Lima, and you click on the suggest a guest link. So we want to hear from you and all the amazing stories and folks that are out in our community so we can get you on the show and uh, get you out in front of some folks. Sounds like a great idea, right? I love it. Jeff's in. I'm in. All right. Producer Holly's in. All right, so we look forward to seeing you on a future episode. But for this episode, we are going to declare the Tango Alpha Lima Episode 81 mission 